everybody. It's been way too long. This is Carl Franklin, and you're listening to another episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers. In New London, Connecticut, this is Carl Franklin, and uh, my partner in crime, as always, Mr. Mark Dunn from Atlanta, Georgia. How are you doing this evening, Mark? Hey, Carl. I'm doing great. Good to hear from you. You sound a little hoarse. You've been uh, teaching? Yeah, I've been teaching a lot, so I've kind of worn my voice down. I'm sounding like a combination of Harvey Firestein and, uh, I don't know, maybe James Earl Jones tonight. <laughs> I guess that's great. I mean, it sounds like you've been busy. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been busy, so I'm going to be slowing down a little bit toward the end of the year. That's good. That's really good. So uh, what have you been teaching? Mostly VBNet, ASP? or Actually, I've been doing a lot of uh, mentoring work lately. I just finished up uh, doing some ASP.NET. ADO.NET work for ING, and uh, also some DTS SQL Server uh, mentoring for uh, a company called Federated Systems Group. I uh, don't know if you've ever heard of them or not. No, I haven't. Right. They, uh, the Federated Systems owns uh, a bunch of department stores. Macy's, uh, Rich's huh. are among them. Huge company. Wow. Well, that's good. At least you've uh, been busy. That's great. Um, not a lot of people can say the same thing in this economy. Yeah, that's true. I'm uh, always grateful for any new business that pops up. I've been busy myself, been traveling all around, of course. We had a show with Ingo Rammer, which uh, we apologize for the poor sound quality, but uh, it was using the old uh, Arcos multimedia jukebox with a built-in microphone. didn't sound all that great, but at least we had a good talk with Ingo. Yeah, the content is really what counts. Uh, that's right. Yeah. So I'm sure it was a thrill to talk with Ingo. I hate that I missed that. What was really a thrill was having beignets at, in the evening at the Café du Monde with Rocky and Ingo and uh, a couple other guys, Marcus Egger, and uh, you know, just, just hanging out in New Orleans and having fun. That was great. Yeah, the, uh, the conferences are always a thrill. You get to network with uh, you know, all the leaders in our industry. Very true. And nowhere are they more accessible. Well, did anything happen in .NET land this week? I'm trying to think. I, again, haven't been uh, scouring the Internet for the latest information. I haven't been either. I did find a couple of great, uh, uh, great pieces of code this week, and I had some time to solidify some things. So uh, they're definitely going into the newsletter, which is coming out soon. If you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, by the way, folks, we give away free content at Franklin's Net. All you got to do is just... Uh, Subscribe. Go to www.franklins.net. Got some great stuff. First of all, I found some bugs in the framework 1.1 with data sets, and I got some workarounds for those. Don't want to miss that. And also uh, some great VB code for persisting view state in session variables on the server, which I learned from Dino Esposito on this very show, as a matter of fact. Um, his code is written in C-sharp, and it used a file stream, a regular file stream to persist the data to disk on the server, and I just modified it to use a session object. Right, folks, that's some really cool code. You're going to want to download that and take a look at it. Good stuff. Well, anyway, I had a good week. Uh, it's my fourth day of having a, a class here in New London, VBNet Masterclass. We've got a couple of people from uh, uh, Citigroup and one from Subway. You know, Subway is located right here in Connecticut, their corporate offices. They're converting everything to .NET. 
Oh, that's cool. That's one <laughs> yeah. of my favorite uh, places to munch out. Absolutely. Anyway, our guest tonight is the regional director from Peru. He's been a regional director there since 2000, but he's been working uh, as an evangelist for Microsoft Technologies and other things since 1997, and he also writes for MSDN Spanish. Uh, will you please welcome probably the only international bass player I personally have spoken to, Jorge Oblitas. How are you doing, Jorge? Hi, Carl. I'm very happy to be here. I'm a little nervous, too. Oh, that's okay. That's because my South American English. Right. No problem. We're just going to have a little conversation here. Yeah, we're just regular guys. Have some pesco. <laughs> Did I say that right? Pisco. Pisco is the word. What is, uh, what is this drink that you've been telling me about on, uh, on the, uh, the email list? Okay. Pisco is, is our national liquor. National liquor. Um, we have the pisco sour and oh, I can talk about so, I can talk so much about pisco because <laughs> there is a an international fight between Chile and Peru about that. I oh really? Not to comment. So you mean there's a Peruvian pisco and a Chilean pisco? Uh, yes, exactly, and it's not the same liquor. They are very different, and of course the pisco is Peruvian. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So what is this like? Is it similar to tequila? It's not like a tequila because a pisco is from grapes. Ah. It's more like cognac. I see. It's a brandy. It's a, it's a Peruvian brandy. Okay. It's really good. People love it. Well, I wish I was joining you at Tech Ed. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to go this year, but... Uh, but it sounds like uh, you guys are going to have some fun. So, so what does a knowledge management consultant do? What is knowledge management? Okay, mostly in Peru, I I help companies to to level to leverage their resources with technology. So m many companies in here uh, doesn't understand the role that technology has in their business efforts. So they have great business ideas, but they don't realize how technology can make these ideas to be even, even better. So my role is to talk with these people, mostly business decision makers, and make them and they understand that technology has something for them. So I, I usually make my own demos about business cases for, for these kind of people. Okay, so you so you work at a high level, kind of, on on yes. concepts or in architecture. What is exactly how far down do you go? Architects are the, the second group I I have to talk to. Uh, I usually start with uh, I don't know in English the word, but it's, it's decision makers, it's right? People that doesn't have any idea exactly about how technology works, and it's not their problem too. Managers. Uh, yeah. Yes, and I <laughs> make the technology easy for them. Okay. So I, I have fun examples for them, and they and they understand. I speak in, I speak business because I'm an economist. Okay. And your the name of your company is is uh, Intelligencia e Innovacion. Yes, it's, it's more a brand than a, than a company. Okay. Uh, I have a, a company, but 
but because because most of the money of the company came for my consulting, I closed the company and start this branding. Okay. That is intelligence and innovation in it. So your company is a, a consulting company. You build systems for, for different companies. Exactly. But most of the business is trying to break the gap between the development company and the customer. Okay. You know, there, there is usually two projects. The one that the developers think they have, they have to do and the one that the company thinks they, they want. I see. And at the end, at the end of all the world, you have these two projects and, and the fight starts, okay? Okay. So you have to make changes to, to your work, or you have to talk a lot with your customer to, to make a deal, and something lose money. Right. So we, we are trying to put our company in the middle and help they both to understand. So we, we create the project. We help the customer to create a, a very big, great project with details, and then we help the customer to hire the development company okay. and maybe manage the project. Oh, okay. Um, what kind of success have you had in Lima? Uh, it, it was great, <laughs> but, but then because of the political situation, it was not too good the last year, the last two okay. years. Yeah. But actually, it's okay for me as a, as an individual. What? Uh, yeah. So so business has been down recently, but but overall, you've helped uh, a lot of companies uh, get their development projects going. You've had yes. success. Uh, we we have many companies uh, because of this crisis. I I told you many many companies broke. Right. But we have some 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 big companies and that are that are still working on. Okay. Uh, Jorge, I understand that uh, that you're a writer for MSD in Spanish. Uh, what sort of articles do you write? Okay, I was. I'm not too very technical, so I create my own my own group. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that because I'm not too technical, but I work with very technical people. I am trying to to make developers understand what is their role in, in companies, what is their role in the business. So most of my rights are about how developers can leverage the business or things like philosophy for developers. I also write an article about how you can use Aristotle's method to find bugs in software. Aristotle's methods? Yes. So a, philo a philosophical approach to debugging. That's fascinating. <laughs> wow. Yeah, can you give us an example of uh, an Aristotelian method? Yeah. Yes, be because uh, the name of the article said uh, the right question method. Um, the right question matters. In other words, you have to know what question to ask yourself before you can find the answer. Exactly. And maybe because uh, most developers uh, like to to concentrate on one point, forget all the rest, and lose the perspective. Okay. Uh, one of the things I usually talk with my students is, is about that. Imagine this. Your customer tells you, I want A. Of course. Okay? I want A. But in your mind, in, in your developer mind, 
you don't understand, I want A. You hear, oh, I know this method, X method, that can make A easily. So you change the question, the original question, I want A for I want A with the X method. Are you, do you understand me? Sure. So you try to use the X method to get A, but you can't. So you try again and again and again. You have three hours trying to get A with the X method. It sounds like that, um, it reminds me of an old phrase that I heard once. When your only tool is a hammer, every problem is a nail. Yeah. Yeah. I never heard that, but it's the same. Right. You're trying to use the tool that you know to fix the problem, whatever the problem is, because that's the one, the closest one that you think you have. Exactly. Your customer wants A. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't need to know how. He wants A. And maybe the Y method is, could get it A in, in an easy way. Yeah. But you need someone to say, hey, hey, wake up. <laughs> Change method. Right. It's something like that. So this is the kind of ideas I write. Uh, even I, I would like to share with you something I was thinking these days. Okay. I was wondering about how guilty is Microsoft for, for doing the things easily. Easily. How Microsoft is guilty for making it easy for us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe, okay. okay. <laughs> I mean that people confuse easy with you don't need any skills. Right. So I know many people that think, okay, I know, I know this is a button. I know I can make click here. And they deploy a big, big IIS with ISA server, with exchange, without read any manual. Right. And, and of course, they have a lot of problems. And then he said, hey, this is a Microsoft problem. Right. And, and the worst thing is that people believe. I, I usually said that when, some, when someone doesn't know about something, they have a very good excuse. They said, no, it's not my problem. That's Microsoft. That's a bug. That's Windows. Yeah. And people believe. Yeah, that's uh, very true. I found so that Microsoft is a good excuse for our ignorance. Yeah, I found that uh, to be true all my career. Um, that that they do make it very easy for you, and I think up until .NET, they really, uh, you know, the easy way has been sort of a high level approach that has been sort of black box ish and not easy to penetrate, especially in Visual Basic, and uh, therefore. Even if somebody did want to know what was happening under the hood and understand the processes, it would be difficult for them to understand because there isn't a clear path uh, to the low-level details. Yes, exactly. That's what that's what happened with the web developers in the ASP tradition, the traditional ASP world. Right. Uh, when when I talk to them about ASP.NET, they are very lost because they and they learn to make web applications in the bad way. Yeah, so it was easy. So they never read a manual. They have no idea how the ASP process works, and they do very silly things. I think what you're going to find in the future is a wave of programmers who, because Microsoft has blurred the lines between Windows programming and web programming, 
they they don't understand what's happening on the server versus what's happening on the client. Uh, I had a guy in one of my classes go back and send me an email saying that he's trying to drop an ActiveX control on his web form, you know, and it's not working, you know, <laughs> just because no. they've completely blurred the lines. <laughs> yeah. Now, he was an ASP developer? No, he was, he had done only Windows programming and uh, and then got into ASP.NET. And, you know, even though I had stressed over and over about the stateless nature of the web and how it's different, it's still very seductive to not think about it. Right. I, I run into uh, the same problem with VB programmers moving to ASP.NET. Yeah. Now, the problem I run into with ASP programmers is really getting a grasp on code behind pages, uh, the fact that things are compiled into DLLs now, and also uh, coming to grips with a server-side event. Right. Jorge, has that your, been your experience, too, that that uh, ASP.NET has really sort of confused uh, people in its simplicity? Uh, I was thinking that most most of the, of the problem to adopt ASP.NET is that people need to be more... Uh, they need a method. Yeah. They need to be ordered. Um, and most people doesn't, doesn't understand that. Hmm. Many of, of my students uh, on, on ASP.NET really amaze about what what they can do with ASP.NET, but uh, in the in the practice, they they can do great great web pages because they don't understand what is the web, what is really the web. Right, right. Because I always said, okay, the web is when you program in the web, it's like living in the in the world after the third world war. You remember that movies in what people fight for for a little bread or something right. like that? Right. Yes, it's the same. Say, you don't have resources. I told them you don't have resources. You have to save resources for for later. Right. They don't don't understand. I I, I knew someone who makes uh, a development for a bank and put. The name of the user in an in an application variable. Yeah, in a class level variable. That yeah, that's silly. Right, that's the very first thing that I tell people is that you can't just keep class level variables around because you. I, here's another way to explain it: by the time you're looking at the results of a web request, your program is no longer running. Exactly. You know, um, that's very true. Yeah, um, that's even going to get worse with the next version of ASP.NET, which, by the way, uh, I saw a preview of uh, Scott Guthrie, as you know, is one of the two gentlemen at Microsoft who invented ASP.NET, he and Mark Anders. And he did a demo of the next version of ASP.NET that's coming out next year. Jorge, I got to tell you, I was at once amazed and at the same time scared just for what you're saying here because check this out you drag a, a database table to a web form you get a grid okay wow. you set can uh, you, you run the program you get data in the grid okay you set uh, allow sort to true you run it and it sorts you set allow paging to true. 
you run it, and it pages. You set uh, pages and sorts. It pages and sorts. No code. You set editing or some edit property to true. I can't remember what it was. And now you can edit, and it saves. Scott told me in an email that one of the goals of the new version of LSP.net is reducing 70% the code. That's right. You have to write. 70%. And I wonder if that means that they're going to start automatically persisting class-level variables. I wonder. Wow, that would be cool. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes, I really want to put my hands on it. (laughs) I really... I mean, I'm just dumbfounded. I mean, talk about blurring the lines. So, you know, if if we're if we're evolving towards that, then we're really going to have some programmers who don't understand the difference. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe they won't have to understand the difference. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, you know, if, if it just works, uh, it's going to kind of take that off their back. Yeah. Yeah, it's still scary. It's still scary that somebody could develop a really good website without having that fundamental knowledge of what's going on. But this is what what I am trying to tell developers that they have to to think as they are part of the business because I was on, on, on a Java course uh, the last month and my Java teacher, m- member of the of the Java groups in, in this country, tell me in, in a very proud way that they have to make hard code every time. And they are very good because of that. that they were proud for writing code a lot. In other words, they did it from scratch? Yes. Yeah. We don't have a, a good uh, um, software to make the code, but that, they, that make us proud because we write a lot of hard codes. Right. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you write a lot of code. Congratulations, but you're going to take three time. You're going to take three times as long to do what I can do. Yeah. You know, this reminds me, Carl, of uh, <clears throat> you know the perception when VB first came out. Uh, a lot of folks were doing work with the Windows SDK, and the first thought was, you know, we're going to be out of a job because this is going to make programming too easy. That's right. But I, I. I'm not sure that that's really the case. I think there's always room for good design and optimization, no matter how easy things get. Absolutely. Exactly. And okay, I usually when I make a conference about knowledge management for developers, uh, I usually say something like this. Okay, maybe uh, someone in the knowledge in the human resources part of the company said, okay, we need a, a, a project who do that, who do this, ABC. And maybe in the technology department, someone someone receive this ABC request and do ABC. Okay? So the company has ABC. Okay. But I, I said always, you are developers, and if you know what is the business of your company, and you are very involved with the company, you have a, a very advantage about the people who said, I want ABC, because you know where is the technology and how you can use technology to make a, a, a leverage ABC. So maybe you can say, okay, I can make ABC, but I know I can make DEF2 with less effort and make your idea even better. 
but most developers doesn't do that. I understand? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I put all the developers, imagine all the uh, around 200 people. So I said, okay, uh, <coughs> let's do an exercise. So I said, you have a delivery company. This is a real, a real world example. You have a delivery company. I, I was visiting this delivery company and they told, they showed me the database diagram. And I find a field in where the motorcycle man will put their comments after the delivery. So I said, wow, this was your idea? And the IT people tell me, yes, that was our idea. I said, what you can do with this field? He said, well, the motorcycle men can put what they think about the delivery or what the customer said, and we save that for later or when someone asks about that field, we can use it. So okay. I said to all the people, now we are a committee of the people in IT. So what ideas do you have about this field? And people start saying, okay, we can, we can put another field to classify it. Maybe the motorcycle man has something to say about this is a, a hurry or this is a problem that someone has to, in, to, to understand or to knowledge now. Right, okay. And, and they want, okay, but you can do that if the problem is, is uh, severe, you can send a, a message to the phone of someone in customer care. And, I and see. these ideas coming from people from development, from developers. Right. Because they know technology. See, yeah, it's very great. And, and, and all the people start and, and create a very good project for, for nothing. I love to do that. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, Carl Franklin here, reminding you to uh, get a subscription to MSDN Magazine if you haven't already done so. Hey, listen, I want to tell you about uh, our VBNet Masterclass and how it's evolving. We uh, started out, of course, doing this class on Beta 1 of VBNet, and it has gotten so much richer and so much more refined since then. Now we've added sections on remoting, sections on GDI+, sections on asynchronous calls and threading, and uh, we've taken out some of the fluffy stuff and uh, really, really concentrated it down to a to a pure form. So if you're a VB6 programmer, VB5, VB4, or what have you, or an interme at an intermediate level, and uh, what I mean by that is you've written some code, you know how to use VB, you've done some projects, you not necessarily consider yourself a, a great VB programmer or an expert, um, but you know enough about it to get by. You are perfect for my class. So come check us out at www.franklins.net. Look over the curriculum and see for yourself. Let's get back to Jorge now on .NET Rocks. Hey, um, tell me, how is .NET being accepted in Peru and in Latin America in general? Do you have a good sense of that? Uh, yes, uh, because all the, the, the communities in, in Peru uh, grow a lot. Um, this model was taken from other other countries, I know that. And one of the things that made this model work is .NET. We start as a .NET community. It's 
many people want to know about the net and, and find that the community is, the community is a good place to be in to understand. So with okay. Microsoft, we we put a lot of resources in communities, and I usually travel in the country, opening <laughs> opening communities, talking about ASP.NET because people love ASP, and after this speech, they they decide to create a user group in that in that part of the country, uh, and mm. and they are growing, they are growing a lot. Oh, I that's great. Uh, we have, of course, many many people who who doesn't like Microsoft, even in in, in the academia, you know. Right. Uh, that's a big challenge because uh, the speech of these people is be famous. Exactly. Create open source to be famous. I don't I don't understand how you can live from your fame unless you are one of these uh, open source gurus. Right. They, they live from that, but no one no one else. So we start a big, a big campaign with universities to create a cell, and it's working. Even one of the universities in Peru create his own developer days and put that on the web on a webcast. It was a two-day event, I think, and it was really great. Oh, good. So, uh, yes. so we're working with universities too. Yeah. That. So it sounds like there's a good developer community around .NET. Um, what do you think the future is is going to look like there? Uh, as I always said to my uh, friends who work with other technologies, I want you to see the light. Yeah. It's hard to convince people to to, to listen, though, huh? Uh, yes, yes. It's, it's a little hard, but... I usually, because I, I am not a Microsoft employee, uh, I usually start with uh, right. telling them something about what I think about Microsoft. Sure. Uh, and it's not so good, my, <laughs> what I said for them. So people say, okay, this, this guy is, is honest, and they open more the ear. Right. And then they, they clap up. <laughs> they clap .NET. Yeah, it's uh, the regional director program. I think is a really great program because of that. Um, y that we're not hired by Microsoft and we're not afraid to s to say what we don't like. Exactly. And uh, that gives us a lot of credibility. Sure, unfiltered. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's working out. For those of you who don't know, uh, to be a regional director, you have to be reappointed every year uh, by your local. Uh, district by the technology evangelist in the in the local district, and you also have to keep up with uh, some strict reporting guidelines that you have to uh, tell tell Microsoft you know how many people that you've spoken to this month and they want to they want to know what you're doing you know and if you're not uh, actively out there talking to people and and engaged in the community you know you're you're gone. <laughs> so so the regional directors then are sort of the people who are engaging the community and therefore are you know are visible and uh the, you know the yeah they're evangelists but you know what they'd be evangelizing anyway these are people who love the technology that use it and uh who generally have businesses around it and you know I know a lot of regional directors who have who do java as well 
as .NET, and they give you their unbiased opinions about both of those platforms. So it's a, it's a good program. I would urge people to get in touch with their local regional directors. It's really great. I think we evangelize not because our work is evangelized. It's because, as you said, we love technology. It's, when, it's like when you are in, in, in the cinema looking at a great movie and, and in a great scene you turn your face to the, to the guy in the, next to you and say, hey, great, or, or you smile with other people. Right. Yep. And then you go to, to other people and say, I see this movie, or I see this thing, and it's great. It, it, it's a necessity to say, this is really great. Well, speaking of movies, have you seen The Matrix yet, Jorge? No, the, the, this is the opening day, so I am here instead of <laughs> watching the movie. <laughs> Are you going to watch it? Yes, uh, I think tomorrow. Yeah. yeah I'm Do you see? Doing it this weekend. It? No, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to go this weekend. Well, me either. I'm uh, going out tomorrow night to see it. What do you think about put the name Matrix, Web Matrix to the ASP tool? Oh, the Web Matrix? <laughs> <laughs> what do we think of the name or the tool? No, what do you think of the name? Well, I guess it's okay. It certainly catches people, it catches developers' interest, that's for sure. Yes, I, I think you, you have another concept about Matrix. Uh, we don't have your concept. That's the part of the movie that doesn't work in here. For us, a Matrix is an huh. array. Nothing else. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, believe it or not, I know several people that actively use the web matrix to do their development. Well, yeah, it, it's one of those tools that if you're used to using Visual Notepad and you just can't get the Visual Studio aspect of web development, that's a tool for you. Right. I love Visual Notepad. Yeah, I, I did a lot of great sites in, in a text editor in ASP. Yes. In, in those ASP times, it was a really good tool. What are some of the companies in in uh, in Peru that that you've had uh, success with that you'd like to talk about? That uh, something that your company did for them that you're especially proud of? I really love what what we do at Nextel. Nextel. Okay. I was a, a, a very big fan of what Microsoft said about knowledge management a few years ago. Do you remember the digital neural system and things and things like that? Yes, yeah. I create my own concept of digital neural, of knowledge management, of what an intranet is. I create this concept in the pure Microsoft concept, not, not in the product concept. And then I... I create a PPT, a PowerPoint presentation about it. And uh -huh. when Nextel tries to, Nextel convoke, convoke is the word? I'm sorry. When Nextel asks some companies to present their projects for an intranet, I, I compete with very good and big companies in this country with my PowerPoint. Uh -huh. And they love the PowerPoint. <laughs> Wow. They really love the PowerPoint, and we start a very big project to make an intranet on it with a digital dashboard created for, for us, 
Cool. Um, and many web parts that they, they are in web parts, really web parts at that time. They are only include pay, something like that. Okay. And my idea or my goal is that, you know, some people usually said, uh, do you see the internet? Oh, no, I, I don't, I don't went to the internet yet, or I will be in the internet to, in two hours, something like that. For me, this is, this is silly. You need to be in the internet all the time. Right. So I try to make the environment for them to work, to put their, uh, their everyday applications on it, and it works. When you go to Nextel for something in your phone, when you go for some for anything, you you see people using the internet. Even right. if you change something in the internet and you have to stop for two seconds, right. the phones start ringing. Hey, what happened with the internet? Yeah, I'm very proud of it. Yeah, that's great. Congratulations. They are trying to put it on other countries. So, so Jorge, you're a bass player. Yes, I'm a bass player. What kind of music do you play? Uh, I play with a local star with um, classic rock, classical rock. Cool. Yes, and usually use my a Microsoft T-shirt. <laughs> so my boss, my boss, I said my boss there for the singer usually said, "Hey, you have to pay for the advertisement." <laughs> so do you have a band? Yes, I, I have a band. Cool. I usually play all the weekends because I I love to play. I work to play. Wow. Because That's cool. you can earn so much money as a musician in here, so you have to work in anything else. Well, it's the same here. It's the same here. You guys will have to uh, get a jam session going the next time you're together. Well, we wanted to at Tech Ed. I, I'm not going to be there, but I guess I guess Jorge is going. You're yes, gonna... I, I, I will. Yeah. I, I already make a, a song for the for the, fiscal, <laughs> for the last fiscal year to Microsoft. All right. They, they bought me a song. Excellent. Hey, do you have any MP3s of your band on uh, on the web we can download? Uh, <laughs> I bought me buy me buy me the word. I don't understand so much English in this, but I bought me um, a digital recorder. Uh huh. And with someone from my band, I start making some experiments in the web, so I put it. But we don't have a singer, so you can listen. I love the music, but you can. Hear some screams on it. Great! I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, Jorge, I'm curious. Do you you have a lot of ideas in about knowledge management? Do you find that your ideas compete with Microsoft's ideas? Uh, I I I I don't think we compete, but they think we compete. <laughs> huh? What What I mean is that my ideas use. SQL Server, use uh, IIS, use ASP.NET, but not necessarily use SharePoint, for example. Okay. Um, and some people here in Microsoft uh, trying to sell sell SharePoint. So in some customers, they go with SharePoint, and I went to the customer with SQL, IIS, ASP.NET. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, so you're not crazy about SharePoint, but you you like the concept and you would use SQL Server, IIS, and ASP.NET for that. Yes, I I, I like to make something. I, I'm, but I saw the Windows SharePoint services in Windows 2003. Yeah. And I really love it. I think that is that is the idea. Okay. 
So, but what I don't like, or what I, or sorry, <laughs> the thing that make me that makes me win some of the cases against Microsoft with with their own technology is because I don't sell an internet in a box. And I usually say that there is not a, a software named internet. Internet is a, is a concept. Right. It's, it's a way of work. It's an environment. Right. It's an environment. And so you don't have an internet in a box. Right. You have some internet tools. Sure. So, so okay, when, when, when customers understand the, the idea of the concept, they, they, they start thinking in, in your way. And they yeah. buy your solution so because they think, oh, this guy knows what I think, what I mean. They don't want to sell me something just for the the idea to sell. Right, right. I think what Microsoft tries to do is in their product development and their marketing is they try to find a market niche that or a market segment that's significant where they can address with a single product a lot of different needs or a single need that is maybe not every need but uh it's a significant portion uh or a significant number of of customers potential customers so that they will develop a product and market it and like everything else you know when you look at products you have to determine is this for me you know is this is this a product that i need um you don't need every product that they come out with you certain not everybody needs every product that they come out with. Certainly, uh, certainly, you know, exchanges like that. Um, exchange is a big, complex, feature-rich, you know, messaging server for corporate environments. Uh, I wouldn't use it as a simple mail server. You know what I mean? Right. BizTalk uh, content management server. Same story there as well. Yeah. Unless you're a big company, they may not may not be a good fit for you. Right. Yes, that's the idea. But they, but I don't know how how they work in the United States. But in here is most um, a marketing company. Okay, the local office is more like marketing. Well, that's true. The local offices are mostly sales oriented. Um, yeah. Yes, but but well, they are nice people. I always. Have fun at their parties. They're certainly knowledgeable. Here in uh, New England, anyway, they have sales offices and they also have a big Microsoft consulting services area. So, tech, you know, technical people and salespeople sort of coexist in the same place. And I think that's really good. I think it's, it's good for the salespeople because they, you know, they, they stay on the cutting edge. And it's also good for the technical people because they have, uh, you know, they can market their skills. Uh, Jorge, I'm always curious with every guest we have uh, what, what your favorite utilities and tools are. Are there any hot picks you've got out there for our listeners? I was trying something named Total Recorder. Total Recorder. I know what that is. I, I love it. It's pretty cool. Yes, and, it's not, and it's not expensive. Right. And works well. Well, let's tell the, let's tell the people what it is. Okay, maybe you can tell the people better than me. Okay. Well, anyway, okay, yeah. Total Recorder is a uh, is a uh, device or or a uh, program that records the audio stream 
before it goes to your speakers, before it goes out the back of your computer, it records the output stream. So what you can do, for example, is uh, record real audio as it's being played to a WAV file or to an MP3 file. Yes, I was using it to, to put my old tapes uh, into the digital way. Into the I what? I had many groups in my, when I was a teenager, and at that time, all the songs we play are in, in, in a tape recorder. Right. So I put most of my music in the in the digital because but I'm sorry I put most of the of my music in the computer with this tool. Okay, so you use it as a tool to just get cassette audio onto your hard drive. Yes. Yeah, I think there's a lot of tools that do that, but what's different about Total Recorder is it's got some great utilities or, or some great features like hooking the output audio stream um, that I really really like. It's sort of like a virtual audio device. Uh, in addition to that, it does all the standard recording, uh, you know, recording stuff. Yes, the new version is really great. Yeah. Uh, I was I was using an, another thing. Uh, I, I'm a kind of a man of the current uh, in some things. I love many many Microsoft tools that they are not in use anymore. <laughs> Okay. Or maybe not not so much people knows it. I use a lot, for example, uh, Image Composer. Oh yeah, Image Composer. It's, it's my favorite. Cool. I don't know if, if you use it, but I know many. I don't use America it. Developers who use it a lot. I don't use it. I use I like a Paint Shop Pro. Um, okay. Yeah, because it's it's an I like software that has a clear clear model that's not too muddled. Not too uh, complex, and I like the simplicity of uh, Cool Edit Pro, and it does a lot of powerful. Th- not Cool Edit Pro, Paint Shop Pro. Wow, Cool Edit Pro. You you like it's Cool Edit Pro? Yes, I know it. I'm using it right now. Uh, me too. <laughs> that's Hello, what we, Cool Edit. Yeah, that's what we use to record uh, the show with. So I can say, "Hey, Mama, I'm in a Cool Edit." Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, that's what my brother and I used to record our first CD with completely. Not completely, we also used other tools, but... Um, and uh, we're recording, I record bands all the time with Cool Edit Pro. It's good stuff. I, I have a friend who do very, very, very strange things with Cool Edit. There is a, a big wave of electronic music here in, in Peru. Okay. And some people use Cool Edit to do that. Like looping stuff. A lot of looking. Right. Yeah, have you ever used uh, Acid Pro? In, I, I don't. My friend used it. Uh, uh, they even... Um, I have this machine to, to record my songs. Yeah, right. And sometimes I didn't put any, any drums on it. Uh-huh. And he put the drums with the Acid Loop. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Acid's good. Uh, Acid's one of those programs that if you like music... And you're not musically talented, but you like music and you wish you could create some. You can just go buy CDs of loops, of bass riffs, guitar riffs, drum loops, horn fills and stuff. And you can like a word processor. You can just like arrange them around and change the tempo, change the pitch. And, uh, you know, That's loop things. It's just so much fun. Yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> you can sound like Beck in about five minutes, which I thought was great. 
<laughs> Never knew you were a big Beck fan. Yeah, I love Beck. I like his old stuff. You like Moby? Yeah, Moby's pretty cool. But I think Beck is more original, actually. Moby's kind of, he's got his unique sound and stuff, and he does all the old blues, you know, people, which is good. But I think yeah, Beck's, I got a, might like Moby. Beck's got a unique thing. Do you know Banning the Book? Oh, Band in a Box, yeah. Yeah, Band in a Box. That's a fun program, too. That takes a little more work than something like Acid Pro, you know? Uh, it takes a little more knowledge of music to get good stuff out of it. Yes. Yeah. You have to know the chords, at least. So this is the rocks portion of .NET Rocks, people. Yeah, that's right. We're just abandoning programming altogether here. Well, hey, I did want to ask Jorge, uh, he mentioned... Uh, he he liked classic rock earlier. Uh, who his major influences are from that era? I like era. classic rock, and my major influence, of course, are the Beatles. Yeah, we like uh, the yes, Beatles. I like Beatles. Um, my favorites are British group. You like Eric Clapton, Cream, those guys, Yardbirds. Uh, more Cream than Eric, than Eric Clapton alone. Right. Queen, the Purple. Yeah. Anyway, um, Jorge, um, I have a lot of, I, I speak to a lot of developers, as you know, and a lot of developers come to my class and, and we're constantly asking them about the environment at work where how difficult it has been for them to get permission to come to the class from their managers, how difficult it's been to convince their managers that .NET is worthwhile and that we should be learning it enough to spend dollars on training. And, you know, what is it? If you're a developer and you're just, you just know that you're going to get laughed out of the office if you suggest something like this, what are the kind of arguments and, and things that you can say to your manager to help them understand what the benefits are to the company by embracing .NET? It's fun, it's fun that you asked me that because I, my first article for MSDN Spanish was about that. Uh, because uh, it was inspired in a friend who doesn't, who believes in .NET and tries to put .NET, ASP.NET in his company, but he can't because all the arguments were technology arguments. So he said, "We can we can write in many languages. Oh, that's a techno that's a technology reason. I don't I don't like it. Or you can go to the to a customer, and you can say that." You, that they have to use ASP.NET because you can do it in many languages because it's easy now to work. Those are not uh, business arguments like that. So when I talk with someone about how they have they have to embrace ASP.NET, I try to to put them in the real now in the real world now. So I think said something. Okay, you have two web scenarios. Okay, internet on and internet. So you have many many goals for these for these este, initiatives of your company. For example, if you have a website in internet, you want people visit you. You want people loves you, and you want that people love your products and can read all your brochure. For example, something like that. Right. But if people doesn't if people if, if people can do that, you're losing money. If people uh, receives 
delay messages. If people doesn't have the speed they need to get the information, you are losing money. Yes. These times needs a solution who gives you a speed for this kind of things in internet. Speed in what way? Speed to of development or speed of execution? Uh, execution, execution. Okay. I am talking about execution. Okay, and worth in internet because you know, if you have, you are paying for your for your personal. Okay, your employees have have a salary, and you are paying for the time they are working on. If they spend their time waiting for an answer of the of the program of the application, you're losing money. If people, these people won't be productive if the application has a slower response. So you need a solution who gives you process speed of uh, yeah. process speed. Okay? That's good. These solutions need to be fast, That's but good. you need more. You need a reliable uh, a reliable system. Because if the system stops working, you're losing money again. Right. So what you're basically saying is that you have to frame it in terms of time, saving time and money. And I exactly. think, and that's that's the argument that we make at Franklin's Net, and I make over and over again to people that, you know, the benefits of .NET aren't just to you, the developer, but they're to your company. I mean, we're talking about product cycles that are shorter. We're talking about, and that's, a whole, I think, the whole idea of their logo, you know, one degree of separation is that, or their catchphrase, is that you want to go from concept to production as quickly and as efficiently as possible, but you don't want to cut corners. You don't want it to blow up, of course. So people have to be convinced of the solidity and, and the solidness, I guess, and the robustness of the system, but you also have to first, you have to first sell it in terms of, look... This is going to save our company money. Exactly. Yeah. You have to put the, the usual arguments for Embrace.net in business world. Yeah, I agree. Well, listen, uh, we're about out of time, so is there any last-minute uh, words of wisdom that you'd like to give the world? I think developers need to think they are part of the business. They have to be creative. We have uh, an advantage. If we know what our business is what our company does to get money, to be productive, to be successful, and we put our technology knowledge to work in something to leverage that, we can be very creative and we can make many things for our companies and be not a number, be, be, be the developers with a big D. Great. And that's what that is the thing I love from .NET, because I have many ideas, and it was very very hard to make these ideas happen. Yeah. Now with .NET, I think I can. That's terrific. Well, listen, Jorge, uh, from Mark and myself and the listeners around the world, thank you very much for uh, stopping by and letting us talk to you for an hour. Thanks to you, and sorry about my English. We had fun, didn't we? It's always fun. <laughs> All right. You have a good night now. Good night, Jorge. Bye. Bye-bye.